0: Well hello there everybody and welcome to Natural Expansion episode 14 from June 13th, 2018 with myself, Wardy. I know what you're thinking, Woody. it's been six entire months since I last listened to Natural Expansion, what on earth is going on? Well guys, in true Natural Expansion spirit, what I decided was we just had to go and change the format again. Because, you know, if we didn't do that and go on hiatus once every few weeks, what podcast really are we? um i've picked up a new kind of format for the podcast i don't know how well it's going to work it's another thing i don't know i just want to i just want to do the podcast more again so i'm really excited to be able to maybe give this a try and this is actually going to be a bit of a different take on things where i'm just going to use the podcast to sort of talk about things and now and then we might have some guests on but in general it's just going to be me discussing some thoughts some pieces of news and just in general what's going on in starcraft 2 you know sometimes we'll have some interviews and some other bits and pieces so It's going to be an exciting episode for us to kind of have our return here in episode 14 as today we're going to be talking about the MMA and MC documentary as well as featuring an interview with MMA and MC when I got a chance to catch up with them over at WCS Austin just about a week ago right now. So it's going to be a pretty uh, interesting little thing, this documentary so we're going to be talking about and uh, we're also going to talk quickly about WCS Austin results, the Challenger event which is currently ongoing as well as today's episode. So we're going to be diving on in towards that MC and MMA interview in just a few moments' time, but I do want to talk a little bit about the documentary that actually arose to kind of bring this opportunity for MC and MMA to travel to Austin and to, you know be interviewed by me because that's basically the second reason they came, you know, there was a documentary, they had to get interviewed by me. You know, they, they had a busy schedule. Um But yeah, the documentary, Game Changers, Dreams of Blizzcon. I actually got to see this as a bit of a pre-screen as it also world premiered at WCS Austin, which is why MSC and MMA were there. It's actually a really interesting documentary and it was filmed in 2014 as MC and MMA competed in their WCS Europe uh, com- t- competitions and they followed them throughout the year as they advanced all the way through to Blizzcon. Now, if you didn't watch back then, this might be a bit of a spoiler, but that was the Blizzcon MMA it went all the way through and got, got second place in. So it's a really awesome documentary of following the ups and downs of these players, following them as they move to Germany to practice, to compete, and just completely change their lives, chasing their goal, to become a player at BlizzCon in 2014. It's really interesting because I think as someone who's been watching StarCraft all this time, it's it kind of feels like it's very late for it to come back but I think a lot of what is shown in the documentary is still very relevant Um, and I think it's almost kind of cool that it was filmed in 2014 because I'm looking back, I'm like wow what a cool reminder of all of these different players of what this all meant to them and you know, I think the idea of hard work and dedication and you know, all the other messages that are really shown in this documentary really do kind of shine through and they're still very true to today. So it's a pretty interesting watch. It's about an hour and a half long and it's available now. It came out just yesterday, June 12th. It's available uh, for purchase on iTunes, Amazon, and pretty much everywhere else. It's uh, pretty easy to find. If you want to find it, I think go on R Starcraft and just type in Game Changers documentary on the search bar. You'll come up with a, a link and it'll have some information there. It's pretty easy to find anyways. And again, it's available in pretty much all the popular uh, places where you can buy and download videos and stuff like that. So it is pretty cool. Now, it again, really cool interview, and of course, back then, I think one of the biggest things, though, is that the scene was so different to what it is now. And back then, you know, we had WCS EU, we had WCS Korea. There was a lot more healthy kind of level of competition, I would say. There was a lot more offline events, because even while there wasn't, you know, while there was only three seasons of WCS, what we would kind of now call circuit... There were so many other offline events, you know, like IEM Toronto was something that happened that year, and all of these other offline events that a lot of different players could play in. So when I got the chance to talk to MC and MMA, I, uh, you know, I really tried to dive in and ask a little bit about, you know, what they thought about, you know... The, the way the game has changed, and the way the scene has changed, and the fact that there is less competition now, does that make it more difficult, and all those sort of things. So Enjoy the interview, guys. This was uh, recorded at WCS Austin. I'm not going to lie, the audio is a little bit funky, because I didn't really have a proper setup to interview multiple people at the same time, so it's quite literally just my recorder on a desk. So there's a little bit of background noise, etc. Hopefully it's not too distracting. Um, I just figured it was just more fun for you guys to listen to it than to just kind of transcribe it out, because I thought it was pretty fun to be able to actually interview people. It's also the first time I got to interview someone uh, while having a translator so it was a little bit awkward for me I guess and uh, I definitely have some improvement to do but I hope you enjoyed, guys this is the interview with MC and MMA uh, from WCS Austin 2018.
1: Alright guys we're here at DreamHack Austin and I have absolute legends MC and MMA with me and I have the opportunity to ask them a few questions for a little while so uh, we're going to dive right into it and have a little bit of it. look to see Having are going and see how the ends. So first of all, just guys, what's up? How are you enjoying the event, and how is it to be kind of in StarCraft again or at a StarCraft event?
2: 이 이런 이벤트에 지금 지금 감정은 어떤지? 어떻게? 저는
3: 뭐 너무나 많이 와봤지만 항상
2: I've been here for a few times, but.
3: 재밌는 것 같아요.
2: Like always I'm having a good
3: time. 보기 위해서 많은 팬분들이 event, 와주시고 즐기는 게
2: and have a good time.
3: 재밌는 것 같아요.
2: And I'm having a good time watching that.
4: 저는 선수로 왔으면 좀더 좋았을 것 같은데.
2: For me if I came as a player it would have been a better time.
4: 무대에서 경기라는 거 좋아해서.
2: I like playing on
4: stage. 네, 좀 아쉽네요.
2: It's kind of unfortunate that I can't do
1: that right now. <laughs> uh, so you just talked about uh, maybe being a player again. Obviously you came back from the military recently. So how does it feel getting playing once more and do you feel as though you're gonna continue playing into the future or you know, have you got any
2: expectations? Uh.
4: 어 지금 다시 옛날처럼 정상에 올라가기 위해서.
2: Right to go back to the top like I did before.
4: 노력하고 있고요.
2: I'm putting my efforts in.
4: 근데 <웃음> <웃음> 결국은 잘안 좋네요.
2: There is right
4: now. 네, 근데 야. 음. 계속 시즌 3는 I want to 지금.
2: make a good result on GSL Season 3. Okay. and 의심내고
1: 있습니다.
2: Mm. Yeah. So I'm trying my good efforts okay.
1: to do that. And MC, you just uh, came from Coaching League of Legends. Do you have any interest in getting back to play in Starcraft or anything along those lines?
2: Coaching에는 다시 돌아갈 마음은 있으신지? 다시 게이머로 돌아갈 마음은
3: 있으신지? 생각은 하고 있는데 I have thought about it. I was about about it. 그렇게 생각도 그렇게 해결하려고 했어요. <웃음> <웃음> 사실 지금이 아니더라도 언제든 if 복귀하면 now, 다 이길 수 있다는 생각이 있기 때문에 뭐 지금 <웃음> 플레이어들한테 좋은 거겠죠. 제가 복귀 안 하면
2: If not now, um if I come back to, from retirement, I'm pretty sure that I can beat everyone. So it's a good thing that players now aren't
1: playing. Uh okay. With me. No, Normal boss, what as that I... <laughs> 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 Never change. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, coming back to StarCraft now, uh, obviously the scene, I think, is very different in a lot of ways. So, first of all, the WCS system is very different. Do you guys have any thoughts on how WCS currently is and how it's split, you know, how Korean players can't play easily in the WCS circuit abroad?
2: WCS... TV TV. Uh,
1: brother
2: well, sister. What was the what well, can you repeat the question? So,
1: uh, how do you feel about like the difference in WCS nowadays as to when he before he went to the military? Uh,
2: 팀때 때랑 그 전이랑 WCS가 달라진 점.
4: Oh. 일단 한국인이 참가할 수가 없어요.
2: So, Koreans can't compete in there right now. Um
4: uh. And a
2: lot of the international players are much better than they were before.
4: Yeah.
2: And I'm bad than I was before. <laughs>
4: no. Okay. Um,
1: just uh would you would you like kind of prefer? I mean, I guess it's a stupid question, but do you think there's enough? I guess enough competition in Korea because you can't compete in the majority of events, or do you think because GSL is the way it is now, it's kind of okay?
2: GSL 지금 이런 상태여서 괜찮은지 아니면 국내에서도 그런 어 이벤트가 많아서 괜찮은지. 음 대회가 많아서. 대회가 많아서 괜찮냐? 음.
4: 오 대회 없는데 저거요.
2: In Korea, there's not a lot of
4: competitions.
2: So there's only GSL for them.
4: <laughs> so three times
2: yeah. a year. Yeah.
4: Three time. No so tournament yeah. in Korea. So
1: it's difficult. Um.
4: Yeah, you need more. Yeah, wow. no, I, yeah.
2: we need more um, competitions in Korea too.
1: And do you think that has a negative effect? Because obviously, as he's just come back as a player, is it
2: disheartening to only
4: have so few opportunities to compete? Yes, okay. Um,
2: back in the days there were more comp- company teams um, playing Starcraft
4: um, but
2: right now we don't have them
4: 어, mm. so
2: there's um, gamers that can't can't sustain financially
4: um. But there's only three
2: events, three game 한, 번,
4: 한번 떨어지면.
2: But if they don't qualify once.
4: 어떻게 뭐 돈을 벌 수가 없어요.
2: they can't um, sustain financially.
4: 프로, 네, 프로는 이제 돈을 a 벌어야 pro, 되는데 그럴 수가 없으니 뭐 금전적으로 생각할 수가 that. 없죠.
2: So it's very you know they own they can't think positively.
1: Yeah. Um. Does uh, for MC does he follow the StarCraft as much now, and what does he think about the game in general and how it's developed since he was playing?
2: 지금 Starcraft에 대해서 생각하는 점과 예전에랑 지금 달라진 점에
3: 대해서 음. Um, a things that change. <laughs> <nombres 계속 잘하고.
2: laughs> good ones play good.
3: 못하는 <laughs> Bad
2: ones are still bad if I come back, I think I'll do a good job. Yeah?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, In terms of actual gameplay, uh, do they feel as though the game has developed in a good way since they were playing professionally last time, or do they think it's... Worse than it was before. Like, do they think the new units are good? Because we're in a completely different expansion now to them.
2: Yes, on a game or so, don't they watch him assisted with a pocket? Is unison parking to kissing a kind of junk kissing a
3: of For Protoss, it's good. in
2: reality. Um, those kind of little changes,
3: if you play the
2: game once then you for a day, then you kind of know how it's working. So it doesn't really affect me or affect people.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, on that uh, saying, he doesn't, uh, you know, saying if you play the day, game for a day... <clears throat> it doesn't really uh, you know it doesn't affect him or he knows how to play still does he have any comments on yesterday's games where they played on the ladder and they were
2: coaching each other they'll 어제 그 코칭 서로
3: it was a serious 거라서.
1: game yesterday, yeah. so yeah. they played. Does he blame MMA's coaching? Uh
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, no, <laughs> he's kidding, he's, key. he's key Okay, okay. Um, in terms of that, lots of people enjoyed watching them have fun on stream yesterday and take things a little bit less seriously. Is that something that they think is maybe important in terms of continuing to grow StarCraft nowadays? And is it something which? Is maybe you know they may be open to if they were continuing in StarCraft. Is that something they'd be open to providing as like entertainment? Because it is difficult to make life strictly as a pro player now. Um, so is the more entertaining side maybe like prosperous for them uh, or like something they could look towards?
2: Streaming, term streaming 하는 거 자체가 StarCraft의 중요성이라든지 아니면 pro player. 끝나고 난 다음에 쿡할수 있는 생각이 있는지 그리고 그게, 어, <웃음> 영향 같은, 같은 걸 많이 음.
3: 사실 저는 조금 있어요, 스트리밍에 me, 대해서. I'm
2: thinking about streaming.
3: 그래서 어떻게 하면 팬들이 좋아하고
2: so I'm thinking about what kind of stuff I need to do to make the fans like
3: 그게 지금 플레이어들과
2: Will it be streaming that will satisfy both the players and the
3: fans?
2: But I have a good idea about it.
3: I want to, you know,
2: do streaming with um, you know the casting of the commentators like Wardy or
1: Crank. yeah. awesome. I think it's just really great that you guys are out here and for the documentary as well. Uh, when you guys got asked to do the documentary was there any you know why did you guys agree to do it I suppose. Told me
2: I want to the way to get the whole
4: 저는 아까도 말했듯이 뭐 민철이랑 그 티에로가 찍고 있는데 너무 부러워 보였어요. 그래서 불었는데 제기랑 드에 진짜 그래서
2: for me i was really envious um cuz mc was first casted um to film the film and i was really envious that he was filming the film and whenever john and Zach um, asked me to film the film i was overjoyed and i was excited to be on the team.
3: <laughs>
2: for me I was a celebrity in the star then so if they wanted to I could <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I mean we all we all know that um yeah I think that's uh, pretty much uh, all I have to say if they have anything else just to say to like their fans or anyone that's supporting them right now or would like to see them in the future then if they have any words
2: mm.
3: 사실 스타크래프트 이제 대회가 생기게 된 이유는 많은 사람들이 좋아해 어 기뻐해 줬기 때문이라고 생각해요.
2: StarCraft2 competitions were made because a lot of fans like the game.
3: 그리고 저는 그거를 이제 잘 한다는 이유만으로 많은 돈을 벌었고
2: and because I was good at it, I made a lot of money out of it.
3: 생활이 많이 좋아졌어요.
2: And um Support my
3: daily life. Uh, and I'm
2: really thankful about
3: that. Uh, and I
2: hope that Star Two Craft still
4: um, long its career, its life. I'm really i
1: I
2: hope that all the esports fan and international fans come and watch this movie because it's better than Avengers.
1: <laughs> Great answer. Uh thank you very much for MC and MMA for their time. And this was Wardy TV at Dreamhack Austin.
0: It was super awesome to be able to talk to MC and MMA. Um these guys are just so so awesome. It's really interesting because I, I was talking about this on stream the other day and when I was kind of rising up in the StarCraft scene as when MC and MMA were the dominant players and all of that, and, you know, I feel like when I finally became a bit more recognized in StarCraft was kind of the time when MMA kind of disappeared and went off to the military, you know, end of 2016 or so. Um, And it was really, it's really kind of crazy because... You know, for me, I don't expect these guys to kind of know who I am very much or anything like that, but obviously during the interview, you guys heard, I don't know if MC was just being polite or something, but, you know, he said it would be cool to work with, you know, people like Crank, Bass trade and, and Wardy TV. Imagine that. Um, but I think the most touching thing was actually after the interviews, I got a photo with the guys, and I was just having like a little bit of a chat or so while I was packing up my stuff, and uh, MMA came to me, and he was like, hey, man. I, I really hope that your stream can become very large and successful. I, I wish you the best. And that was like, you know, for me, he's been watching MMA during all of these, like, amazing events. When he took down MVP at BlizzCon in the GSL Finals. You know, when he, he's just been a legend time and time again. He beat Dong Guru in that seven-game series. It goes on and on and on, right? And for me, it was just like, for MMA to come and say that, it's like, God damn it, dude, you're so freaking awesome. Do you know how cool you are? Um... <laughs> So that was a really touching moment on my end from uh, getting the opportunity to talk to those guys. So that was um, a pretty nice little something. So, I mean, an interesting interview. I mean, again, I know it's a little bit here and there, guys, but I think it really arises or brings up some very important issues that are kind of currently in the StarCraft II scene. And I think the main thing is it's so difficult to still be a pro in Korea, just simply due to the amount of competition, which is... Available to players because what do you really have to play like if we really strip it down what can Korean players play in throughout a year? Well, okay They've got their three seasons of GSL and they got two GSL super tournaments They have themselves a bunch of online events as well I mean we talk about a Lima League every week. There's the Ballistic brawl, which does very well You know based rated run BTSL sometimes in Korea I run Wardy tv events in Korea now and then not every week by any sh- uh, You know by any margin, but it's definitely something I try to do regularly enough so, you know, we got all, you know, they got a fair amount of online events as well. Obviously, there's a couple larger things throughout the year as well. For example, I'm sure Base have like the Ting event. Uh, I do the Team Liquid Map Contest at the moment, which Koreans are generally a big part of. And then you think about other offline events, as well, GSL vs. the World and IEM Katowice. And if you really think about it, is that a lot? And obviously, at the end of the year, there's BlizzCon as well, right? I think the problem is, it's just so top heavy competition. We only have Code S nowadays, we don't have Code A. And it's almost it's going to be something I talk about a little bit later on in terms of does WCS Challenger do its job as well, especially within Europe, or is it just kind of missing the marker? But it really feels like a lot of the competition in Korea, there's, there's just no room to be below the top. Because again, let's just run through that list. Are you top 16 in Korea? Say you're borderline top 16 in Korea. Well, GSL, okay, at least you can compete in every season of GSL, and you have a pretty good chance of making a decent run if you're top 16 in Korea, obviously. But if you're top 16 in Korea, you then go to GSL Super Tournaments. Are you going to be able to make you know make it into the GSL Super Tournament? Well, that's kind of borderline. You know, It only takes a couple of rough brackets, and all of a sudden, boom, you're not in the GSL Super Tournament, and that's your other chances of the year gone. Again, if you're not top 16 in Korea, is it worth you making the trip out of Katowice? It's going to be extremely difficult for you to qualify through the server qualifiers, which I think this year qualified... Well, I think there was... Was it six slots from the... Global? I think there were six slots from the Korean server, and there was obviously, they can play in the NA server qualifier too, and the European server qualifier, but then they have to play on the NA or the European server. So even still at most, let's say there's about nine slots that could be filled by invites to Katowice or qualified to Katowice, so that's nine slots. And then if you want to go to Katowice, you have to go pay your way out there, or have a team, which doesn't really exist so much in Korea anymore. You have to pay your way out there, you have to attend the open bracket, you have to run through this massive open bracket, which is just going to be so tough. For example, players like Stats eliminated in the open bracket this year at I mean, that was a big shock for Stats, that wasn't something we were expecting to happen. And he went out in Katowice and, you know, he flew himself out there, I'm sure a probably covered in, but, you know... It's these players that just didn't quite, you know, they don't quite hit the mark. They're fighting for 12 spots once they go in that open bracket. So again, if you're just outside the top 16 of Korea, you're really looking at three seasons of GSL. And then maybe you have a chance here or there at a couple of other events. And again, is that really enough? I mean, I don't think it is. Because you don't get into a season of GSL, and MMA said it. If you missed to qualify for a season of GSL, what is there to do? You can grind out the, you know, the online events, but the motivation isn't there. And the problem is, you're going to be grinding out these online events against all these other top players, usually. These top players, who are still extremely motivated to keep up practicing, because they're also competing in GSL. They're also still in the round of eight. They're making a run for the finals. And that's what makes the entire experience so difficult, I think. Because, you know, we're now talking about online contests that literally have the best players in the world playing. I mean... I mean, I've been casting Kung Fu Cup lately, and Kung Fu Cup's no slouch. I mean, it's a $500 prize pool each week. Just for a weekly cup, it takes 5-6 to six hours to play, and yet, you see Rogue playing frequently. Rogue won Blizzcon. Whoa, Rogue won IEM Katowice. He won the two largest events in the last 6-7 to seven months, and he is still playing these online tournaments. You look at Rogue, and he plays in Olimo League. He plays in Ballistics Brawls. I actually—it's a funny story. but I, keep, uh, I talk to creator a lot when I invite players to play in Korean-based events. I'm like, "Hey, man, uh, you know, I'm running this tournament. Do you want to play?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And then he always messaged me, like, "Hey, Rogue wants to play as well." These aren't amazing tournaments. Maybe like you play two days for five, you know, three hundred dollars first place. It's you know, it's nothing crazy, but he's still super eager to play in these online events. And I think, you know, obviously that's awesome for us as viewers. We get to watch the best players in the world play online regularly. We're not just limited to them, you know, waiting for them to play in GSL. Now that Pro League, etc. is gone. I just think it's a shame because it feels as though the online scene is already filling that gap of, you know, of what, like, Code A used to be, right? Like, it feels as though the online scene could maybe support the lower-down Koreans, but that's not happening because the best Koreans are still playing in the online events as well and obviously there's no tournament organized on earth who's going to be like you know i'm just so sick of innovation and rogue showing up to my tournaments i'm banning you know you have to not be in code s to play this you know this event like no one's going to do that, that's viewer suicide. You know, I know as soon as uh, Innovation comes on screen, I get a you know 500 viewer boost. You know, it's crazy. I look at my YouTube videos recently and my YouTube odds, you know, it's free four or five times the viewership if Innovation alone is playing, usually. And I mean, if it's the top Korean matches, they get, you know, four, or five times the viewership already of what other matches would get, because people just want to watch the best Koreans. So while it's great for us as spectators, I think it's, you know, we're shooting ourselves in the foot because eventually it's going to get to this point where we already see it in Korea, I think, where there's a lack of up-and-coming talent. And as players decide to move away from the game, they have to do military service, etc., we're going to lose the play, you know, we're going to lose the kind of stability in Korea. And then all of a sudden, what do you do? Because you don't have these top Korean players, or as many of them, and, you know, the events maybe become less interesting. And that's when you don't, you know, lose interest even further in StarCraft 2. I think it's a very dangerous slope to be walking along the edge of right now, because it feels as though we're walking along, I guess a balancing rope is the typical analogy of, you know, we're walking along this very tight line, and we're just one or two, you know, you know, at the end of this year, I think we have to see four, five, six players retiring from the top level. I think Sue maybe retires this year. Who knows who else will? I think Sue's the big one who's definitely been talking about retiring for a while. And I think this year could be Sue's last year. And, you know, you look at him, and if he goes and say another three or four players go at Sue's level, suddenly GSL becomes again not just a little bit less interesting. And it, it, it's, it's tough because then does the StarCraft scene survive that year or so where players drop out and no one new is really there to fill the gaps? Because I think eventually you will get new players as long as the support stays there and there's money to be made. New players will show up and they will start to fill the gaps, right? But how can you, you know, do we survive until then? Do we still have that level of support once those top players have disappeared to the military and all the rest of it? It's a, very, it's a very kind of concerning view on things, I suppose. And it is something that's worth keeping in mind. And again, it's an interesting question because, yeah, the online scene I think does very good in backing up the Korean scene right now. I think it's a really good something that can help out. But again, it's still dominated by these top-level Koreans who are still making at least decent money in these offline events as well anyways. So where is the Code a? Where is the WCS Korea Challenger? And I know right now the reason there isn't there is because there isn't enough players. But is that just because there isn't the you know? If that was there, does it bring more players in? Would it be an issue? You know, I don't think it would be bad to give a few hundred dollars to some of the players that don't make it to CODES and to encourage more players to then keep on trying to qualify for CODES to get far, to try and make it in there. You know, it's uh, it's 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 a really tough balancing act to try and get it right and. Sometimes you feel as though maybe it needs that extra investment to keep going. It's a very negative way to look at things as well. I mean, it might just be everything turns out fine and everything keeps working, but I think the lack of up, you know new talent coming in is a concern. On the plus side, older players are coming back. Really exciting to see MC talking about the idea that you know he's thought about coming back into StarCraft 2 again. He's thought about playing once more. That's really exciting. That's something which gets me as a fan like, oh my god, MC's coming back? That'd be really awesome to see. Uh, Just recently, just this week, Fantasy has announced he's coming back to StarCraft 2. He's not going back to play in Brood War, which I think is a big shock, a big kind of something which everyone's like, whoa, really? So Fantasy coming back to compete in StarCraft 2. I mean, I'm super excited. I met Fantasy at a Gfinity event, and it was absolutely awesome. It was so much fun to see Fantasy at that event. He was a really cool guy. I really loved him. I remember talking to him online back then uh, when I was running the team league that he played in. He was always very uh, nice again. He was like, "Hey man, really cool to see you online, you know. How you doing? So I'm really glad Fantasy is coming back. And that, you know, raises the question, are we kind of looking towards the older players to keep the legacy of StarCraft to, you know, running? Are the older players actually going to come back from military and fill in a couple of slots here and there? Um I was just casting an event today and a player called Spear. I'm not sure if you guys remember this guy, but he's a Terran player and he used to play way back when and Spear used to be pretty good. I can't remember if Spear actually ever won anything in particular. I feel like he had a really good run in one event at one time. Uh, is that just a lie? He's a name that I, I really f- uh, familiarize myself with. He played in 2012 in day that's actually all he has on record. And that's so interesting because I really thought he did something a little bit further. Hmm. Well, I I mean, take that away, but Spears someone that I haven't really seen for a while and he's suddenly starting to show up in a couple of online events again, so that's kind of interesting. I do wonder, maybe we're looking towards the older players to come back and to fill those gaps, more so the newer players rising up, and is that the right way to look at things and to expect things to go? Maybe not, but at least some players are coming back and filling those gaps, because otherwise we really would be in a little spot of bother. But yeah, I MMA mean, obviously saying there's not enough events in Korea. And I think that was the most interesting thing we got out the interview. I mean, I felt it was very interesting as well that MC and M- MC was like, well, you know, I feel like if I play for a day or two, I just sort of learn the meta. I know what's going on and, you know, I'm back on track. And uh, yeah, those guys obviously are very yeah, positive. And I, if you guys didn't see the base trade TV stream of day one of DreamHack, of WCS, you have to go and watch the MC and MMA games. They were playing on ladder in the downtime, and MC was coaching MMA, then MMA was coaching MC. It was so funny. These guys were just yelling at each other, like, you suck, you're only 4K, MMR! And they're losing to like, diamond players on NA because they're just trolling around as they're off-race. But it was so much fun to watch. If you guys didn't watch that 100%, if you have to watch anything this week, I would advise going to watch that, just for some comic relief. And just to enjoy the kind of the pure... The pure enjoyment that can come from playing StarCraft and just kind of having a laugh around older names and so on. Really good stuff. Alright, so that kind of wraps up my my talk about MC and MMA, the interview we had there, and uh, all of that good stuff. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about WCS Austin. I mean, was there much to talk about WCS Austin? Perhaps the tournament of massive upsets, I suppose, in a way, with the one constant being Serral. Cereal really did just come into this event. He was like, "Ah, oh, you guys are—you know—I see you guys are—you uh, know—all having some trouble. Everyone's losing where they shouldn't be. It's okay. I'll just win the tournament, anyways." I mean, Cereal's always just been so good lately, and he again just keeps on performing time and time again. I mean, you talk about this run—boom, two o against TLO, two o clam. You know, it comes into the playoffs. Rio 3 freeo Hero Marine, free One Lambo, four to Mana. Now, the one thing I did find about WCS Austin this year was it was a very refreshing bracket. I mean, we look at this and, you know, Lambo top four. Nice, another play in the round of four that we didn't see last year. Mana in the grand finals. What a run that was, and we'll come back to that in a moment or two. Hero Marine makes top eight as well, and the rest of the top eight filled out by Special, who made round of four, Elazer, Snoot, and nurture For me, it was just really refreshing to see a different set of players making it to the round of eight, because one of the big things I thought about WCS Austin, uh, not WCS Austin, but WCS Circus in 2017, I think we did the math on this at one point. We talked about it on a previous natural expansion way back when, but there was something like 24, 25 of the potential round of th- round of eight slots throughout the year. So over four events, there's 32 slots in round of eight, right? 25 of those slots were taken up by the same eight players, and those were the eight players that went to BlizzCon. And for me, that just made it very stale because it meant throughout the year there was only seven times a non, you know, one of those guys, you know, someone else made it into the round of eight. And that just, for me, again, it just made the tournaments very stale and, you know, I really like this event because even though several won, there was much more story to the event, you know, True goes out in the round of 16, who expected that? Neeb out in the round of 16, what? Mana goes on this absolute killer run, taking down Snooting, taking down Special, and for the first time in a long time. I really felt excited watching WCS circuit because I didn't know what was going to happen next. I didn't know what to expect. These names were different. We're not just seeing Snoot hitting, you know, hitting his stride and taking down players as expected. We're not just seeing Nib, you know, roll over whoever's in his way. But you know, even if he has a close series, boom, he monsters out in the end. It was different. It was a different way for things to go, and I really loved that. And I really hope that continues into Valencia, which is obviously coming up just next month now. Because I really think it can just do wonders for being able to follow the scene. And I think it's, you know, I, again, I think it's great that we have, for example, someone who can be the very best. Who can be so consistent in Serral. But if I look back at the Leipzig results, I mean, again, we talk about the top eight of Leipzig. Elazer, Neeb, Showtime, True, Serral, Nurcio, Special, and Snoot. You know what that is, those eight players? Those are the eight players that made the BlizzCon in 2017, apart from Showtime was there, rather than Kellerer who was at BlizzCon. Isn't that just crazy? Isn't that just absolutely insane? That Leipzig, again, the same seven, eight players are still dominant? And again, for me, when I watched Leipzig, I was casting Leipzig, and it was really awesome for me to cast Leipzig, and I had a lot of fun. But I really feel if I was just a viewer there, I would look at Leipzig and be like, it's the same old story. You know, I'm seeing the same players again, and that does start to, you know, question. But seeing, again, at this event, Lambo, Hero Marine, Mana doing well, It really creates that kind of sense of, wow, anything can happen. And who knows what's going to happen in Valencia, even if Serral wins. Who knows what's going to happen on the way to Serral winning. And I think that's what last year missed. It's fine if Need wins three of the four events. That's cool. It creates a story. It creates dominance. But if it's the same eight players who are still in the round of eight, where's the difference until then? And again, that's where... That's where my interest started to fade off. So I was really excited about WCS Johnson and its results. Again, Mana, great performance coming in with some of his own styles. Really made the finals a competition against Cyril as well, which I thought was really awesome to see. I mean, honestly, the games that he lost were... You know, you can just see how Cyril's so good, right? Because as soon as Mana makes one mistake, boom, Cyril has his way into the victory. It's absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Cyril just so, so good right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it is nice to see the other guys doing well. So that was my recap of WCS Austin. There was a couple of cool articles went up. I think the Team Liquid one is the best one I read, which was on... Uh, it's actually still on the top of StarCraft II General on TeamLiquid.net. Excuse yeah. me, I've got a bit of a runny nose, apparently. Beautiful, I know. Uh, but this is by Miesenhauer. He was the, one of the main TL writers, and he wrote a really awesome story about uh, Mana and uh, giving him you know, his weekend for believing a really, really good article. If you didn't read that yet, definitely check that out. It's one of my uh, advices in terms of content you should read up on if you want to follow StarCraft 2 and all the rest that's going on in our scene. So, uh, finally, one final thing well something for me uh, to wrap up today is uh, we're going to talk a little bit here about our... Um, WCS Challenger, which is currently ongoing. It's actually playing as I speak, recording this just after EU Challenger and just before NA Challenger is getting started, or NA Challenger has started, I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, WCS Challenger. I actually wanted to go on a little bit of a rant and a bit of a rave about, well, you know, does WCS Challenger do its job and, you know, does it allow for European players to, you know, because I think uh, one of the big things to look at here in, uh in European challenges, the players that didn't make it into Challenger this season, Elaser, DNS, Harston, you know, I look through the list as well. I see some other names like Hellraise was in Challenger last season. Um, Arthur, the up-and-comer Hell. you know. It, there's, there's players, Denver, for example, too. There's players, I just feel as though this players in... the you know, Zanza didn't make it into Challenger either. He just dropped out so early in the bracket. Guru, too. I just feel like WCSEU Challenger... Doesn't quite do the job that NA Challenger does. It feels like EU Challenger is so hard to break into. Because you've got these pros that can't even make it in. W- where's your hope as an up and comer? Because if Challenger is meant to be that stepping stone into. You know Premier or the circuit events. You know if it's the step. It just isn't the stepping stone it's meant to be. It isn't. You know it 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 is just the missing stage again. And we talked a bit about that career. I wanted to rant about that. But I might save it again for another time. Because I know I've been droning on just a little bit right now. So. To wrap things up for the day, we're just going to talk a little bit about the challenger of, uh, groups and maybe a couple of predictions and so on. So the first European group has already played. Spoiler alert coming up if you have not watched it. But Serral came out his group without dropping a map. Namshar has just about managed to claw his way through against Hero Marine in the decider match. And so Serral and Namshaw first and second. Hero Marine and Stefano third and fourth. Honestly, between Namshar, Hero Marine and Stefano, I really could have seen it go in any which way. I really could have seen any of those players moving out in second behind Serral. So I don't think, overall, the way this group has played out is much of a surprise to me. Alright guys, elsewhere in WCS Challenger EU at least though, let's just focus on EU for the moment. Tomorrow we have Manus, Nude, Petit, Drogo and Rail definitely going to be an interest. One mana obviously coming in hot off of his WCS Austin performance. Can he keep this up in this challenger group? That'll be very intriguing. Snoot and Drogo obviously big contenders as well. And Rail definitely the underdog. But with a lot of PvP potentially, I can see Rail causing a couple of upsets. So looking forward to seeing how that turns out. I personally see Snoot and Drogo making it through. I'd love to see mana continue his run from WCS Austin. But honestly, I think Snoot's going to get back on track. I think Drogo is playing playing very well lately, even if he's not quite shown in events. Although Drogo is in Korea, and that is something to keep in mind, so I think, you know, Drogo in Korea maybe is more like a snoot Manor sort of advancing out of this group. We'll see that tomorrow, uh, live on the twitch.tv slash StarCraft, of course, starts 4pm CEST. Um, that's for June 14th, just in case for some reason this doesn't release tonight, and it releases tomorrow, which is June 14th. Um, group C... Showtime, Lambo, Bly, and Sol. And again, I think Showtime's got to be one of the favourites in there, even if he hasn't performed lately. And Lambo, I think, has to be a favourite in there as well now. So, Sol and Bly, very dangerous players. But with Bruce's performances, kind of for Lambo and, you know, just kind of legacy for Showtime, I still have to say Showtime and Lambo to make it out, personally. Group D looks so similar to the one of the groups that played out in last season's Challenger. Nurtio, Uthermal, Clement, sort of. I mean, I think Uthermal and Nurtio. Have to be safe picks. They're definitely seeming to be a level above other players on the ladder in terms of results. Clem did very well at WCS Austin. Group stage 3 very barely. Not making it through to Group stay, uh, to the play- playoffs. Clem is the wild card, right? I think Euphirmo moves on through without too much issue. He plays sort of first. I think if he can beat out sort of, then... I think UFM has got a good chance. I think Nurcio Clem could be interesting, though. That's the first matchup on Group D. That happens June 17th, and the playoffs for WCS Challenger are June 23rd. Remember, the top four players get themselves a seed into Group Stage 3 at WCS Valencia, as well as paid trips, which is not so important for EU because it isn't as expensive to get there, but it's going to be very important for the American Challenger players, which, of course, has been uh, heating up as well. So, American Challenger is just starting, it's going on as I speak. Cool to see Kane, old dog, back at it. He's uh, actually taking down No Regret, so he's already in the winner's match of his Group A. And that really is one group, I mean, Massa definitely the favourite there. But, I mean, Kane, No Regret and Zeal, that's one heck of a fight to see who gets out in second place. Group B is True, Puck, Cicada and Future. I think True and Puck have to be heavy favorites there, while Group C, Scarlet, Semper, Silky, and Vindicta. I think Silky, a massive underdog in that group. He played very well at uh, Austin, and honestly, coming off of a good performance in BTSL Canada, WCS Austin, I think Silky has to look at this group and be like, hey, you know, I think I can take on Semper. I think I can make something happen here, so we'll see what happens there. Silky, my big underdog for Group C. That's going to be my prediction for some maybe the biggest upset of the entire set of groups is Group D. Neeb, Jon Snow, M. Cannon, and Epic. Honestly, Epic played so well at Austin. He took a map off Stefano. He got a bit screwed over in his group because Stefano replaced a no-show in his group at the last minute. So Epic, I, I think Epic is maybe, you know, if Epic gets to play against Jon Snow in the decider match, I could see at Jon Snow maybe getting knocked out early. But Epic would really have to play as best as he can because obviously that's a tough group. Neeb, definitely the favorite going in. Groups uh playoffs for groups uh, for WCS Challenger North America start June 24th, so the day after WCS EU. And, uh, yeah. So, that is, uh, our groups for WCS NA and EU Challenger. Those happen this week, obviously. Uh, our next week's podcast. Next week's podcast, you going to do this 20 weeks in a row, already? Yes, I think so. Obviously, uh,. Next week's podcast we will talk a bit more about the results from the groups and see if there's any upsets there, as well as the other interesting and exciting news. Obviously, I think the biggest news this week, uh, just to tell off from WCS, is of course, you know, surprising, shocking, amazing news that Avilo did not make it into WCS Challenger again. Somehow, once more, he did not make the cut. And in other similarly shocking news, someone else on our StarCraft has also, once again, hit GM and broken down in tears at doing so. Absolute craziness in the world of StarCraft, but that is about it for me here on Natural Expansion episode 14. Again, if you got any feedback for the podcast, would love to hear it. If you listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever, YouTube, wherever, literally wherever, because there's so many places you can listen. Leave us a thumbs up, a like, whatever you do on the site you're listening on. It all does help. Spread the word, let your friends know if you enjoyed the show, if you enjoyed the podcast, where you can listen. And again, the plan is to try and do this weekly, mostly just me, maybe get a couple interviews here, in and there, and try and mix things up a little bit. We'll have a play. I've got some cool ideas. As as well for some kind of you know like weekly trivia stuff and some fun stuff like that so looking forward to all of that and trying to develop this over the coming weeks so guys thank you so much for listening this was natural expansion of myself waddy have a great rest of your day and i'll see you guys next time